that you, all of you made it through the snow. Welcome, welcome. My name is Kathy, if I haven't been lucky enough to meet you, and I'm just filling in for Bethany. She is our producer today. Um, for those of you who are online, we welcome you also, and we're glad that you're staying warm and safe. And I just want to remind you that we do have hosts that you can um, ask for prayer requests or uh, get your, que your questions answered. All you have to do is click on the button uh, that says request prayer, and you'll go into a private chat room with, the, with our host. So welcome. And our first call to worship is a scripture, um, Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. This is the word of, God, of the Lord. The Spirit who has been <clears throat> since before the beginning, the Spirit who is our Creator, the Spirit who is the living God, is present and at work here among us today, bringing order into our chaos and light into our darkness. Let's raise our voices together and sing praise to our God for his unfailing love and his amazing grace. If you're able, please stand and join us in worshiping our Father. Thank you. 
is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was
of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. You surround me with a 
Dear Heavenly Father, that we can be your children. It is so comforting to know that you are looking out for us and that you have sent your Holy Spirit to guide us through all the things that we have to face in this world. Lord, we, we need your Holy Spirit and we need, we need your guidance and we need your love. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you give us. Lord, I just want to like pray that um, you'll let your Holy Spirit like Linger in here today and, and speak to us as we hear the message and we learn what you want us to learn about you. And you can um, make it personal with each one of us that whatever you want to say to us, that we will hear you and um, your Holy Spirit will. It's amazing that your Holy Spirit can speak to us individually and that we will um, know that what we are feeling and hearing is you. So, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds, and let us hear you today. In your heavenly Son, Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. joining us online, welcome. I hope you're staying warm amid this wonderful snowstorm outside. You each have a connection card located in your aisle, or for those of you online, it is located on the top left corner of your screen. Please click the little button and fill it out with as much information as you feel comfortable. Our annual meeting is coming up on January 30th. If you are a member, elder, or otherwise involved in the staff here at Springbrook, I ask that you please attend that meeting. We'll be discussing a lot of important details such as our finances, elder appointments, vision casting for the coming year, etc. Additionally, it is also the annual celebration, so if you like to party, you are invited. Who likes board games? I know I do. I have a collection that's filling my closet at home. Grab your favorite board game on January 29th, which is this coming Saturday, and join us. You can either bring your own games, or if you don't own any, we'll bring plenty. 
Springbrook has a number of important and valuable ministries that we support. One of those being Informed Choices, which is a support clinic for young ladies. They are starting their baby bottle campaign this January, so if you have already collected a bottle, I ask that you would please get that back to us by January 30th. If you haven't yet, no worries. You can pick one up today, fill it with your loose change or other money, and then return it to us by next Sunday, and you will be supporting a wonderful mission drive. Thank you for your time. Now let's hear a few words from Pastor Rich. Good job, Max. Max grew up at uh, Springbrook. He came up through our student ministries, and it's been exciting to see how um, our students, uh, after they come up through our ministry, continue to stay connected as adults. And so it's a privilege for us to be able to uh, just to be a part of helping uh, people explore the fullness of who they are in Christ and, and unpack their spiritual gifts. And so, Max, you did a great, great first job. Hey, we are so glad that you are uh, with us today. Today, we are finishing up our series on Encounter. We've been looking at the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we move into this new year, and today is uh, the last day for this series. And I wanted to let you know we've, we ran out of our Encounter Holy Spirit workbooks, and so uh, we've got more of those coming uh, Monday. You can order those online. Um, we'll be getting some more in. That's, that's a resource that we're going to make available uh, as we move through the year because it's always a good time to talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, but this series has been intentionally um, designed to help us to be able to encounter what God has for us as we move through the year, because we can't accomplish things on our own strength. We're dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. And so um, we've got some resources available in the lobby that will, will help you as you move through the year to supplement your Bible reading, your devotion, that will encourage you in identifying where you're at spiritually and how to take your next step. We want to help people experience life transformation. And as we uh, finish uh, this series today, I want to ask you just, a, I've got a couple of questions that I'll ask as we, as we go through our time together this morning, but I want to start by asking you, um, what's something that is just, um, that grabs your attention, uh, something that when you think of it is exciting to you? Um, if, you know, what's something that you kind of long for that gets you excited? You know, what are some of the things that you get excited about? And so uh, if you're watching online with us this morning, uh, we're glad you're with us. If you're with somebody, turn to them now and just say, I get excited about this. If you're in person with us, look to the person that's next to you and just say, I get excited about what? And if you're by yourself, then, you know, have fun with it. (laughs) What do you get excited about? My wife and I were on vacation uh, uh, last year. Uh, We had an opportunity to go to a uh, conference and we were on the West Coast uh, and I get excited about the ocean. And so uh, we were driving towards the coast and uh, I was coming down. Uh, I, I got a glimpse. I could see it over the horizon. Oh, we're getting close to the ocean. And then I got right next to it. And I could hear it. And I stopped the car. I thought, I just, I got to get out right now and go look at it. My wife's like, dude. It's <laughs> like, no, I need to see it. And so uh, we got to spend some time on the ocean. But it was funny because there's just something about the the depth of the of the sound when those waves crash, the power behind the ocean. And there's something about that for me that just captivates my attention. I long for it. I love it. It's just something that I get excited about. And so I was standing there uh, looking at the ocean and the thought popped into my mind. Uh, and it became a prayer for me as I moved into this year. So this is kind of what set the stage for me this year was, do I long for God the same way that I would long for going to the ocean? 
Now, what are some of the things that we get excited about? What are some of the things that our hearts long for? And do we, do we long for the presence of God in our life in that way? And so I remember I looked over at my wife and I said, I really enjoyed this, but I said, my prayer this year is, is that my heart would long for more of what God would have for me, just like it longs for the ocean. That's my prayer for us as we move through this year that each of us would be able to experience the life-transforming power of a relationship with Jesus Christ, that that would be where our longing is. And that's not something that we do in our own strength. In Acts 2.38, Peter tells the believers or the people that have been gathered together about the importance. They weren't believers at the time. He tell them to, to repent and to be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes on us. It changes us and empowers us to live out this Christian life. You know, that song we just sang, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm, I'm new in Christ. And the Holy Spirit is what accomplishes that in our lives and, and gives us that longing and that, and that desire. In 2 Corinthians 13, we looked at the fact that it's the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom from our past. There's freedom from our hurts and our habits and our hangups. There's freedom from sin. And, and our relationship with Christ frees us to enjoy the fullness of who God has for us. It's through the Holy Spirit working in us that we are able to experience life transformation. And so if we're going to experience life transformation, we're dependent on the Holy Spirit working in us. And so this series has been really important to us as we've leaned into this new year to understand where the power and the ability to live a transformed life comes from. We started out looking at the role of the Holy Spirit and who he is, and then we saw that we're, we're something together. You know, when, when we come together and use our spirits to gifts to build up the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit works in us in a way that he wouldn't have if we're just by ourselves. We, we need each other. And we've been given spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ and to encourage one another in the faith as we live out this transformed life. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He's everywhere. He's in us. And that's what we kicked off this series with. And then we looked at the fact that it's not just about who we are individually, but who we are collectively is the body of Christ. You know, the Holy Spirit encourages us to live with humility as we relate to one another, to commit to one another, to know our spiritual gifts and to train those so that we can become all that God has for us individually and collectively as the body of Christ. We talked about transformation being a journey. You know, every one of us, recognized or not, is on a spiritual journey. And so we encourage people, if you have questions about God, the Bible, you know, what church is, you know, we encourage everybody to just say, hey, I'm going to pick a chair. I want to learn what it means to be connected to God vertically and horizontally to the body of Christ. And so everyone is someplace spiritually. So you might have questions about God, the Bible, church. Maybe, you're, maybe you are a Christ follower and you're not connected to a local church. What does it mean to be connected to one another? And so we encourage everybody to jump into that connect chair. Or if you're at Springbrook and you're feeling like you're connected, you know, what are you doing to grow spiritually so that you can grow in your faith? And are you equipped for ministry? And are you living missionally? And so every one of us is in one of these chairs. And so I'm encouraging everybody as we move through the rest of this year to pick a chair. And no matter what chair you're in, just, you know, pick one and then be intentional about growing to the next one. If you don't know what chair you're in and you're still trying to figure it all out, we've got a resource available too. It's called The Divine Mentor. And it's a book about letting God be the one that encourages you and equips you and grows you. It's about developing a routine of Bible intake and prayer. And so The Divine Mentor is a great resource to pick up if you're not quite sure where even to start. No matter what chair you're in, that would be a great resource for you just to kind of get you moving to participate in what God would have for you as we move through this new year. The New Year celebration's over. 
The fanfare's over. We're in it. In fact, next Sunday, it's the last Sunday in January. And so we want to, as we move through this year, be intentional about thinking, how are we going to finish the year? So when we look back, we can see where we've experienced God in our life this year. Today, we're looking at the role of the Holy Spirit and who we are uh, in Christ. And we're looking at the role of the Holy Spirit in us individually. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a person. We've seen what it means for us to collectively, together, Today, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit in me or the Holy Spirit in you. And so we want to make this an individual personal message as we think each of us about where the Holy Spirit's working in our life. We're in Galatians chapter 5. If you brought a Bible with you, uh, you can turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. And if you're watching with us online, uh, there's a place down at the bottom where you can click. You can open up an online Bible. Uh, You can take notes. Uh, So I would encourage you to engage uh, if you're watching with us online this morning. Um, or maybe you picked up this message, you know, it's an older message, and uh, we want to encourage you to uh, read along with us as we look at Galatians chapter 5. We're beginning in verse 16. Uh, Paul is writing, and he's encouraging us to, to walk in the Spirit, to be aware of where the Holy Spirit is in our life, and to walk in Him, experiencing His power and presence in our life. He says in verse 16, walk by the Spirit, and you will not, if you do these things, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And so the spirit keeps you to, from walking in the flesh, and the, and the flesh keeps you from enjoying the presence of God. And so each of them are trying, to, they're, they're opposed to one another, and each one of them is preventing you from doing what you want to do. So if you want to walk in your flesh, the spirit's going to try to prevent you from doing that. And if you want to walk in the Spirit, your flesh is going to pull you back and try to prevent you from doing that. They're, they're opposed to one another. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh by its passions and desires. If we live by this Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. And so Paul is writing to us now to think about the work of the Holy Spirit in us individually. And so this morning we're looking at the Holy Spirit in you. We're looking at the Holy Spirit in us, or in, in me. And so we're going to personalize the role of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about the Spirit and who He is to us together, but where is the Holy Spirit in your life? Where's the Holy Spirit in my life? The Holy Spirit in me is really important because we have to have a relationship with him and it it needs to look like something. And so we want to make sure that we are clear about our identity. It's important for us to understand our identity if we're going to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, none of us is perfect. We're all fallen and broken. We all have desires of the flesh. And so that's a part of our identity. We're human. We're fallen and broken by nature. That's an important part of our identity, and you have to understand that if you're going to experience 
the offer of God's salvation and what it means to live in the Spirit. And we have one of two choices. We can either walk our way in the flesh or we can walk God's way in the Spirit. There's only, there's only two ways to live out your life. And so it's either going to be my will or God's will. I'm either going to be walking in the flesh or I'm going to be walking in the Spirit. And each one of us individually has to make a choice. Now, collectively, we can encourage each other as we use our spiritual gifts and, and build up this body of Christ. You know, we know who the Holy Spirit is. We know who we are together. But each of us has to make a decision with regard to how we're going to live our lives. And each one of us has to make this choice. We need to walk in the Spirit or, we need, or we're going to walk in the flesh. Paul said in verse 16, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so if you're walking in the Spirit, if you've got the Holy Spirit in your life, then, then you're not going to be working on and focusing on gratifying your own desires. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And so there's choices that how you're going to live your life in my own or in God's will. And those two things are working against each other. There are things, there are desires that I have or things that pop into my head that I just have to, I have to say, oh, God, don't let me go there. Protect my mind and my eyes and my heart. God, protect me. There's desires that we all, we all face. There's things that we see. There's things that we think. And, and we, need to, we need to pray that God would guard us from those things that are going to enable us to walk in the flesh. We don't want to walk in the flesh. We want to walk in the Spirit. And if you're trying to walk in the Spirit, then the flesh is going to try to pull you back. Those things are constantly at pull. And you need to understand that that's a part of your identity is you are human and you do have that flesh part of you. In fact, we're all, we're, we're, we're all born into the same condition. We're, we're all human and uh, we all have to deal with desires of the flesh. And it begins with when we're born. And so every one of us is a birthday. Do you know, yeah, everybody knows when they're born, right? So you, know, you got your birthday? Tell the person next to you your birthday. <laughs> We've all been born. We have a birthday and so we, are, we celebrate our birthdays typically every year. And so I love birthdays. It's a great time to have cake and get the family together. But, you know, we're human and we have a birthday. And so uh, we, we've all, we all share that. In fact, uh, Jeremiah 1.5, Jeremiah 1.5 talks about the fact that before you were even formed in the womb, God knew you. Uh, 1.5 says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you were even born, I consecrated you, appointed you to be a prophet amongst the nations, he tells Jeremiah. And so before you were even born, before you were even conceived, God had a plan for you. And that's, that's why sanctity of life this month is so important, because we believe that life begins at conception. There's no accidents. And so we want to come alongside and support people that are working through decisions with what to do with their baby. Life begins at conception. So, and we're, we're human beings at that point. And so God's got a plan and a purpose for all of us. And so we've all got a, we've all got a birth date. And, and as a result, you know, we're, 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 we're all walking in the flesh. You're born that way. You're born walking in the flesh. And so you get born, you grow up to be, you know, you start thinking for yourself, you start feeding yourself. And next thing you know, you're going to school by yourself and you're driving a car by yourself. And so as we grow, we grow, we get older and older and we're living our life out in the flesh. It's, it's something that every one of us has in common. We're, we all have a birth date. We've all been born. We're all walking in the flesh. And so that's the reality. It's a part of your identity. You're, you're being human. And, and so there's some, you're, you're, you're unique just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but we're all human and we all have that flesh component of how we're living out our lives. So we all have a birthday. But let me ask you this. What's your second birthday? We've all, we all have a second birthday. If you're a Christ follower, you have a second birthday. 
the point at which you become a Christ follower, you are born again. And you get a, you get a second birthday. In John chapter 3, um, John is uh, writing, Jesus is uh, talking to the, the disciples there. There's a man, uh, one of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And uh, he's a ruler of the Jews. This man comes to Jesus by night. And he says to him in verse 2, Rabbi, I know you're a teacher. You've come from God. And no one can do the things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his womb of his mother a second time? And Jesus said, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I've said these things to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. You do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so you have a birthday, and, and everyone has a birthday, and we're all walking in the flesh, but not everybody has a second birthday. And so we must be born again. And so when we make a faith commitment, the Holy Spirit enters into us, and there's something different about who we are. We're, the old is gone. We become a new creation, and we're no longer just walking in the flesh. We're walking in the Spirit. Second Corinthians 5.17 says that when you become a Christ follower, the old is gone, the new has come. You're a new creation. There's something different about you in the way that you live your life out. You're no longer just walking in the flesh. You're walking in the Spirit now as well. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, and that's what we looked at in week one. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. He's everywhere, but he also lives in us. And so we're human by nature. We walk in the flesh, but when we become Christ followers, we're new. The Holy Spirit now resolves in us, and we're a new creation. And that is a part of your identity. You need to understand if you're a Christ follower, you have your two natures. There's yourself, and then you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And, and those two things are working against each other. We need to walk by the Spirit and not, not, not gratify the desires of our flesh. You know, those two things are at war with one another. And so if you don't understand the, that the battle that is waging within you, and if you don't understand your identity, then you're going to be susceptible to not experiencing the fullness of God but rather following through with the desires of your flesh. And so those are two natures that you have. They're opposed to each other. And you need to understand if you're a Christ follower, those things are working themselves out on you on a daily basis. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, and you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, then you're just moseying along in the flesh. You don't have the assurance of salvation. You don't have the Holy Spirit in you. And you don't have the, even the ability to live out a life that is good and pleasing to God. We need the Holy Spirit in us if we're going to experience this life transformation. And so if you're going to experience the power and presence of God in your life, if you're going to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have to understand who he is, who we are together, and then who he is to you. And each one of us has the answer to that question. So it's an individual question that we each must answer. And so you need to understand your identity before you can experience the fullness of what God has for you. The second thing that we know as Paul is writing is that we are to avoid the things of the flesh. So we need to understand our identity and then we need to choose to avoid the things of the flesh. He writes in verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident. 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. This is not a comprehensive list. It's like, you, well, that wasn't on the list, so I must be okay. And so there's an there's a idea that are we going to live in our flesh? Are we going to live for ourselves? Are we going to live with our will? Or are we going to put God's will first? And so when we, when we focus on ourselves, these are the kind of things that we're susceptible to. This is living in the flesh. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't claim to be Christ followers and then do whatever we want. It calls into question our faith. We can't say that we're a Christ follower and then say, hey, but I'm going to choose to live my life this way. You can't do that. It calls into question whether you really have a relationship with Christ. And so none of us is perfect. These things wage against us and we need to encourage one another. We need to pray for one another. Every one of us has struggles that we need to work through, which is all the more important why we need to be together. We need to confess our sins. God's faithful and just. He's going to forgive us. We need, we need people in our lives that are going to encourage us in our faith. And we need to work together to accomplish what God has for us. It takes, a, it takes all of us working together to encourage one another if we're going to experience this personally, which is why it's so important to be a part of the body of Christ. Because you can't do these things on your own. You need others around you to encourage you. But there's this list that Paul presents here. It's not designed to be a comprehensive list. But there are some things that we can make some observations about. All of those things on that list are observable. I mean, we know what these things look like. And so there, there's, there's an outward behavior that we see. They're, they're observable. They're behavioral. They're things that are occurring that other people can see. They, they happen on an outward perspective. But you know, not all of those things can be seen. You can't see rivalries, divisions, envy, like you can some of these other behaviors. So some things are more evident than others. You know, Robin uh, Holtz, our office manager got a new computer last week and she was opening that up. I was like, I, I like technology. And I walked by, it's like, oh, you got a new computer. She goes, you just got one last year. Get out of here. <laughs> like, I know, I know, I'm not going to envy you. <laughs> it's little things, right? I mean, it's just little, it doesn't have to be big things. It's those seeds of discontent that, that cause envy or they, they cause dissension. It, if you want to talk about, I mean, think about how easy it is to get into an argument with somebody. I mean, we experience dissensions. We experience uh, jealousy. We get, think about the last time you got angry about something. I mean, we're all susceptible to these things. And if we let them carry us away, we're going to be living in our flesh. And so some things are very observable. Some things are more attitude, the more internal. You know, some things manifest themselves in a different way. I was at uh, Converge Mid-America, I was serving on the board of directors for Converge, and we had a meeting in Florida uh, last week. And so I was in the uh, hotel. I was working on my sermon. I got up in the morning and was working on my notes. And this is the passage I was looking at. This is the point that I was working on. That's how easy it is for us to fall into, you know, these types of behaviors. And so, uh, I, oh man, I got two minutes. I had to run before I missed the bus. And so I got on the elevator and I turned around and this sign was on the, was on the wall of the elevator. No craving is going to be left unsatisfied. Think about that for a second. No craving is going to be left unsatisfied. You know, what's the ad appealing to? <laughs> well, wait a second. 
not, not all of our cravings need to be satisfied. But from a cultural perspective, you know, when we look around, there are things that we don't even notice sometimes are pulling us into our flesh. I'm trying to lose 30 pounds this year. And, and I don't want a craving. <laughs> I've got some unsatisfied cravings that are, sometimes it's healthy to not have all your cravings satisfied. Not everything's good for you. Not everything's going to help you to become more Christ-like. And so the idea that there's no craving left behind, this is a worldly perspective. On the, you, get, you can do whatever you want to do. If it feels good, do it. And that's, that's just not biblical. We don't get to do whatever we want to do. We need to focus on not walking in the flesh. We need to focus on avoiding things like these. Our world is going to pull us down. Our culture is going to pull us down. And, and we need to avoid the works of the flesh. Those works of the flesh are evident. And if we stop to look around, they're readily seen in our lives. And so we need to work against those things. We need to strive to avoid works of the flesh. And instead, we need to seek the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's the choice that each one of us needs to make. We need to be clear on our identity. We need to avoid the works of the flesh. And we need to seek out the fruits of the Spirit. And those are opposite of what you find in the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is this. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, against these things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh in its passions and its desires. And so when we enter into a relationship with Christ, the Holy Spirit fills us. He takes up residence in us. We have the assurance of salvation. John 10.10 says that Jesus came so that we could have life and life and we could have it to the full. And so we begin to experience a full life. And so those are the things that, against there is no such law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And we start to make different choices as a result of our relationship with Christ. And that becomes self-evident as well. And we start to see other things in our life, like love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Those are things that you can't work at on your own strength. You can't work to have peace. You can't work to have patience. The works of the flesh, you can work at. You know, when I, when I have something, um, when I have something, you know, the, the working of the flesh uh, are things that, that we are intentionally active in. And so when, when I see something somebody else has that I want, um, that desire in me, I, there's something missing in my life. And so I want that. And so that wanting that is a work of my flesh. And so the works of the flesh are things that we do in our own strength. And we can work at those things. But the fruit of the Spirit is not something that you can work at. You can't work at finding love. You can't work at finding joy. You can't work at finding peace. These are not works. You work of the flesh, but it's the fruit of the Spirit that we're called to live by. And, and fruit is a byproduct of something else that's happening in our life. And it's the analogy of an apple tree. When, when you look at an apple tree and you see those apples, that apple tree had to do no work at all to make those apples. It's fruit. It is the byproduct of something else. It's the byproduct of a seed that was planted. It's a byproduct of something that had good soil around it. It's a byproduct of something that got watered. It's fertile soil. It has sunlight. 
there's a spirit of, there's a, you know, a seed starts to grow on its own. You can't make a seed grow. There's conditions that enable a seed to grow, to bear a tree, and after a certain number of years, it starts to produce fruit. Fruit is a byproduct. And so we work in our flesh. Our fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of who we are in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit working in us. It's not something that we can work at. It's something that comes about as a result of who we are in Christ. And so the fruit of the Spirit comes out as we walk in Him, as we study God's Word, as we encourage one another, as we live our faith out. These are things that happen as a byproduct of having a relationship with Christ and being dependent on the Spirit. And so the fruit of the Spirit, are, are, they're evident, but they can't be produced. They're just seen. And so this is a great list. And so I've got this list printed out. It sits on my desk. I, mean, I need to put one of these on my refrigerator. And so I'm constantly trying to be aware of, hey, how can I show more love? How can I find joy in spite of my circumstances? How can I find peace? Peace that only Christ can provide. In this world, we have trials, tribulations, and trouble. Our peace comes from Christ and from him alone. Patience is something that comes about as a result of choosing to wait on what God has. And that's, that's not something you want to pray for, because in order for you to have patience, you know what you have to have. You have to have trouble. And so these are things that come about as a result of who we are in Christ. Being good, being faithful, being gentle, and having self-control are all byproducts of the Holy Spirit working in us, as opposed to the works of the flesh that we can do in our own strength. It's the choosing to do things God's way or, and, or, or my way. Those things are opposed to each other. And when we walk in the Spirit and we're choosing God's way, then these things are a byproduct. They, they just produce themselves through the Holy Spirit working in us. And so the Holy Spirit working in me is important that we understand our identity because if you don't understand your identity, you can't experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to understand your need. You have to avoid the works of the flesh that so easily entangle us. They, they pull us back and, and we have to choose to seek the fruit of the Spirit. And then we have to encourage one another. You know, up until this point, Paul is talking about what we need to do. He's talking about the fact that, that we need to um, seek uh, the Holy Spirit. We need to uh, avoid works of the flesh. And so as you're reading through um, uh, verse 16 through 25, there's, there's like eight times where, where Paul says, you, 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 you need to avoid doing these things. Um, you are led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. I'm writing these things to warn you. And so it's all about you up until you get to the end. And then he says, and now let us, we need to do these things. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited. Let us not provoke one another envying one another. And so there's a shift from who I am as an individual, again, to who we are collectively together as the body of Christ. And so we need to be led by the Spirit, and we need to keep step with the Spirit, and we need to encourage one another in that. You know, when we get together in our small groups, that's why small groups are so important. We get together, we pray for one another, we study God's Word together, we encourage one another, we grow in our faith together. That's chair too. And so we want to encourage people to get connected into a relationship with Christ, to get connected to the body of Christ, and then get connected to others so you can encourage one another so that you can spur one another on towards faith and good deeds. We need, to, we need together to make sure that we're keeping in step with the, with the Spirit. And so it's something that we have to work together on. 
you know, as I look around, as I talk to people during the week, I mean, we look at what's happening culturally. We look at what's happening in our, with the politics. And think about how many things divide us as a church. I mean, the division is not just out there. There's, there's division even within the church. It's easy for us to get frustrated with each other. It's easy for us to, to focus and have conversations on things that divide us. And we have to intentionally choose not to do that. We need to consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works and, and not neglect meeting together as some in the habit are doing. We need to encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. And so I have, you know, the conversations that I have with people, I, I've, it's really gotten really better for me in a sense that um, COVID conversations no longer come up. We're no longer talking about COVID in my conversations. We're talking about how can we be effective in ministry in spite of what's happening around us. We're shifting the conversation. And so that's happening out there. But in spite of what's happening out there, how can we, in spite of what's happening out there, continue to be faithful to what God has for us as the body of Christ? How can we continue to help others to see the hope that we have in Christ in spite of what's happening out there? So every time somebody mentions COVID to me, now the question is, well, have you shared your faith? Because you can't talk about COVID unless you're sharing your faith because God is sovereign, he's in control, he's got a plan. And so we need to choose to shift our conversations to, to, to work through what God has for us in spite of what's happening. And it doesn't matter what's happening. We need to shift our conversations and we need to encourage one another and we need to continue to meet together. This is why this is so important. Because when we're not meeting together, we forget who we are together. We forget our identity. And we're susceptible to falling into the flesh. And we, and, it, and, it, and we forget the importance of choosing to walk in the Spirit. We need to encourage one another. We need to, we need to stick together if we're going to experience all that God has for us as we move together as the body of Christ. And so these, 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 these ideas of how to walk in this Holy Spirit are really important. And so if you can't walk in these things, then you're not going to experience the life transformation that we're, we're praying for as a church. You know, I was in uh, Panera yesterday, and um, I was uh, finishing up some notes. We have our, our core team meeting uh, today at 2 o'clock, and so in preparation for our annual meeting, um, we're offering uh, two pre-meetings where we're going to answer questions about finances and some ministry updates. And so I'm sitting over in the corner and behind the uh, table, and um, and I could hear two ladies <laughs> uh, in the booth next to me. They didn't know I was sitting in the corner. And, um, and so this had never happened to me before. I, it probably happens all the time. I just don't know it. And so, uh, so they're talking about visiting other churches. And so they're attending a church, and they're talking about other churches. And so uh, and it, it's, uh, it's divisive language, right? And so it's like, oof, I'm glad they're not talking about Springbrook. <laughs> And they're going on and on and on. And, and, uh, and then they started talking about other churches they had visited. And so, uh, and so I'm listening to the list of churches they were visited. I was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. And then, and then one of them says, yeah, no, I was watching this church online. It's called Spring something, Springbrook. I went, oh, no, here it comes. <laughs> sure enough, they're talking. Somebody, one of them had watched Springbrook. And they said they watched last Sunday. So if you're watching this Sunday, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Online ministry has taken us into a whole, whole new area. And so, but she goes on, he's, he's talking about gifts and we need to be serving. And he goes, they started talking about chairs. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And so, and so she just didn't get it. And so I was thinking, you know, um, this can be somewhat confusing. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, then walking in the spirit is a, is a foreign concept. It, it just really is. Before, before I was a Christ follower, having conversations about God in the Bible, it just didn't make sense. 
And so you, you, you have to understand that your spiritual journey begins by understanding who you are in Christ. And so if you're not sure or you're not clear about your relationship with Christ, you, you have to take that step first. Because when you come to understand your identity, when you understand that you're fallen, when you're broken, and you understand your need for relationship with Christ, at, at that point that you repent for your sins and you believe in him and, and you accept him, the Holy Spirit comes into you and the old is gone and the new is coming and a new work starts up in you. And then it starts to make sense. Apart from Christ, coming into church on, on Sunday morning doesn't make sense. Apart from Christ, stewardship doesn't make sense. Apart from Christ, small groups don't make sense. It, none of it makes sense apart from who we are in Christ. And everything hinges on his resurrection. You know, Paul says if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then all of this is in vain, and he, he means it. Everything is rooted in understanding who we are in Christ. And then the Holy Spirit starts to work in us, and it's then that we can start to experience growth. And so we have to, have the, we have to understand the role of the Holy Spirit before we can start to experience life transformation. That's our theme verse for this year. It talks about it, all life transformation comes about as a result of the Holy Spirit. And so the encounter series is really about the working of the Holy Spirit. As we move into next week, we're going to be kicking off a new series uh, next Sunday. We're going to be looking at the greatest sermon ever preached. It's out of the book of Matthew. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be looking at how Jesus presented his sermon, how did he talk to his congregation. And so we're going to be looking at the greatest sermon but as we move through the year, we're encouraging people to be intentional about continuing their spiritual growth. We're, we're not done talking. We're done talking about the Holy Spirit with this series. But the, and the, but the encounter series is about helping people to identify where they are and then spend the year working through it. So when we do get to December, there's some clarity and we can look back and see some growth. And if you don't know where to start, please just jump into chair one. Pick up that divine mentor, start reading that. We've got a couple different opportunities for people to get connected. And so we've been talking about this for three weeks. And so if you have questions about this, please let me know. Because we want people to experience more of what God has for them. We're excited about what God's doing in and through us. And we want everyone to be able to participate in that together. And so there's a book you can pick up. They're out at the Ministry Center Encounter. We've got more of those encounter books coming. And I'm praying that God will continue to pour out his spirit in our lives. I just want to encourage you, no, no matter what in, excites you. I mean, we get excited about uh, all kinds of things. Maybe it's a house or it's a car, um, school. Maybe, this is, maybe you're in college or you're in high school. This is your last semester. I mean, think about some of the things that motivate us. You know, what do we get excited about? You know, it's my prayer as we move through this year that we get excited about what God's doing in our life. And a part of that is, is, is understanding our identity and, and choosing to walk in the spirit and to avoid the things of the flesh and, and encouraging one another. And so if you've got any questions about this, if you're watching online, don't let me overhear you in Panera. You can call me anytime. <laughs> I want to make sure people understand what we're trying to accomplish. We want the power of Christ to transform lives. And we've created several opportunities for you to do that. Pastor Matt, during the second service uh, today, is uh, going to be training people on how to share their faith. And so we're going to be working on that. We've got our starting point class coming up uh, in a couple weeks. We've got small groups that are kicking off. We've got a spiritual gifts class. These are invitations for people to take steps. And so if we can help you take that step, uh, please let us know how, how we can do that. If you've got any questions about uh, the series, we've got all of our uh, materials for this series that are up on our website, all the PowerPoint presentations. I'd encourage you to look back through the passages, read through that encounter book, guard your time with God. You know, the most important thing that you can do is make sure that you're spending 
the appropriate amount of time with God. God speaks to you through his word. You talk to him through prayer. And so we want to encourage you to develop that habit of reading and praying. And that's what the divine mentor will help you to do. It'll help you think about scriptures and, and passages and how to make observations and how to apply them to your life. And so we want to encourage everybody to take that step. And so if you've got a devotion life already, then take a step towards growth. Learn your spiritual gifts. Get connected to the body of Christ. And let's make this year a year that God strengthens and helps us to be effective as we move into a year that's still in turmoil. There's still things that are working against us. And if, if we can help you to understand how to have a relationship with Christ, please just let us know. If you're watching online, um, there's a place for you to indicate, hey, I want to know more about Christ or I want to get connected. Um, you've got a, a card in your chair this morning, and uh, you can ask uh, any questions if we can pray for you. If you have questions about our ministry, we're, we're here to help people. We're here to equip them for the ministry that God's called them to. And we want to encourage you to be a part of what God has for us as we move into this new year. So if you've got questions about our ministry, please let us know. We have our annual meeting coming up um, next Sunday. So it's going to be an opportunity for us to celebrate uh, the work that God has done in this ministry. For 25 years, God has been faithful at Springbrook. And we're looking forward to what he has for us as we continue to move into this new year. Um, we're going to be appointing some new elders. We'll be looking at our finances. And if you have any questions, we've got some pre-meetings for you. So today at 2 o'clock, um, you can sign up for one of those pre-meetings. And then we have a meeting next week. I think it's Friday uh, in the evening. But we want to encourage you um, to step out and be a part of what God has for us as we move into this new year. Now, would you pray with me? Uh, Father, I just want to thank you for this uh, day you've given us today. And um, I thank you for the hope that we do have in Christ. Uh, God, thank you that your spirit is alive and active. Um, I just thank you for the person and the work of uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives. God, help us to be able to understand fully our identity and the joy that comes uh, from knowing who we are in Christ. Uh, God, help us to be able to avoid uh, the works of the flesh. It's not a comprehensive list. There's all kinds of things that vie for our attention and things that uh, compete for our time. Uh, God, I pray that we would be able to experience the fullness of your spirit. Help us to be able to walk in your spirit as we look forward to all that you have for us. And uh, God, thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, encourage one another. Uh, God, I thank you for the work that you're doing in and through this local body of Christ. We commit this year to you as we continue to move into it. And uh, God, we look forward to all that you have for us. And uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and worship with us one more time. Oh!
Isn't it good to know that God is for you? I find great encouragement from that. I hope you're encouraged. I want to encourage you, if you have not picked up a copy of your annual report yet, um, you'll want to do that. They're in the lobby today. Be sure and join us for one of those two pre-meetings. If you have any questions prior to the annual meeting, please let us know. Uh, Join us next week. We're kicking off a series through the Sermon on the Mount. I know you're going to enjoy that. Thank you for being with us today. Drive safe out there. Uh, Be blessed and have a great day.